Hi. How's it going? Good. Cool. Uh, good. Uh, my appointment got rescheduled for this afternoon, and I was already halfway driving over there when uh. they called me. So, it's, so I but turned right around. <laughs> That's, yeah. So I shot you. Eh, whatever. So, yeah. um, you know, hey, it happens. What do you got going on today? Uh, What's good in your life? <laughs> uh, it's a sunny day today. It's, it's sunny every day. I'm, um, well, for the most part, except for in the afternoon. I, um, what's good in my life today? God, that's a good question, Eric. Um, I should dwell on that every day. It's funny you should say that um, because I was listening to this other podcast about how to uh, make good days. And he had said the first thing that he does when he wakes up in the morning is think about what a good day it's going to be and the things that's going to make it a good day today. And damn, if I don't have a problem with that <laughs> these days. So I got to try to, I got to try. Well, this morning, as you know, I had a bright and early doctor's appointment. So that kind of, you know, changes, changes, uh, that's early too. You know, yeah. I was thinking about you this morning because I was up early, but I mean, what I was doing, I was thinking it hit seven o'clock. I was like, damn, she's at a doctor's appointment, which means she was headed over there well before now. I was like, that's well, it's actually at seven 30. I was probably leaving shortly after that, but I'm up early. Cause I like watching the sunrise, but it's like I said, I get used to my routine, which I really like. And then when something throws it off, then, you know, you come back and the routine's out of whack and it kind of, kind of throws my rhythm a little bit. So it's okay. You know, Yeah. I have to tell you something that I just read about our real estate industry, something yeah. that the national association of realtors just changed in our code of ethics that according to them, we no longer can tell buyers that our services to them are free. Yeah. Not that we're charging them anything. Did you read that too? I did. Yeah. yeah. Unless they are. Unless they no. want. And no, in that. Unless we're not getting paid. Unless 100% you're not getting paid. Yeah. That's the only time you can say that. Yeah. Which I disagree with. Yeah. I uh, Maybe it's uh, because, uh, you know, how, how long I've been um, in this uh, game. I've never told anyone that anyway. I didn't. It made me think when I when I read that, actually. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it made me think. I was like, oh, I wonder if people went, walked around and advertised that, uh, you know, their services are free. Yeah, well, I've, I've, it's come across conversations before, but I'll tell you my argument on that. Yeah. Is if you go to a for sale by owner, they don't reduce the price for the buyer because they're not paying a commission. Generally speaking, for sale by owners are at least the price, if not more, um, than if they were going to be paying a realtor. So, so I just don't, I just don't agree with that at all. I don't think that the buyer is paying for it in the in the sale price because the sellers don't think that they go for sale by owners are the same price. They're not six percent, five percent, four percent cheaper. You go to any for sales, closed on a for sale, not any, but, but then again, you know, the same thing is true about um, uh, uh, prices that realtors pay for. If you go to prices 
of houses that have been sold without a real estate commission, they're not four, five, 6% cheaper than a house that was sold by a realtor. Yeah. So, so it would say that what their argument is that the buyers are paying for it and the sale price is not true. Anyways, that's just my. Well, it's interesting that you say that it brings up uh, something that I wanted to ask you today anyway. And that's, I wrote here, creative ways for a listing agreement and the commissions when you're discussing commissions. And I'm sure obviously there's different ways to approach it, but say if, all right, I know you can say, hey, listen, 6%, but uh, hey, if I find the buyer and I'm working both sides, I'll, I'll bring it down to five. That's one. But what about, is there a way that you know of, or, or again, different ways, but say you're speaking to a, a potential customer and, and you say, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to, you know, we'll list it at this price, but I'm going to have this marketing. And for seven to 10 days, we're going to try to see if I can catch that big fish and I'm going to aggressively market it. And if I get you this number, then I'm going to increase my commission to this number. Just take it out of that. You see what I'm saying? Like something along yeah. those lines. Like if I get you more than this amount, I get a little piece of that. You know, yeah. I also like the fact and, and what I use too is I tell them, you know, the, the longer it takes, the more difficult your property is, the more it's going to cost you yeah. because, you know, if it sells, if we, if we come to a price and it sells right away and I don't have to wrap my whole world up in it for six months, then I can, I can cut my commission. But hmm. on the other hand, if we have to go through five deals over the course of six months, because whatever the price is too high and you won't come down or the buyers won't agree to. I'm back. That was weird. Yeah. So what we were talking about is, and then the, see the sellers don't understand all that we do. And, and I want to tell you, Oh, that's funny. What, what happened? Yeah. Oh, I didn't have my headphones in right. I was not hearing you through my headphones all the time. Anyways, um, sellers do not understand uh, the dynamics and the nuances of what we do. And, um, and generally speaking, the ones that want to cut your commission the most are the ones that are going to ask for too much. And, uh, and you work your hardest and the longest for the least amount of money. So keep that in mind. I, I swear that you, usually the, the, the easiest, best ones do not argue their commission. So when somebody starts asking and de de debating that, say, you know, it's the time. If you, if you want me to uh, work miracles for you, then you're going to have to pay me to do that. Yeah. So I think your house was, is going to sell here. If you want to price it up here, I'm going to charge you 6%. If we, if we price it right here and we sell it in, in 30 days, yeah, I'll cut my commission. I can go as low as four if we get it done in one day or uh, one month, close it in a month with the first transaction. But you don't understand how many, how many buyers sometimes we have to go through before we close a transaction. The more time it takes me, the more contracts we go through, the more it's going to cost you. Yeah. Because they don't know that. And then here's the other thing that happens for me now 
if I get a seller like, which I have one, I get a seller says, hey, I don't have to sell. If I don't get this much money, then I'm not going to sell it. But I want you to cut your commission. So you know what I do? I put it on the market and say, see you later. I ain't doing nothing. Right. You want too much and you're not, you have no motivation. You want too much money and cut my commission. What do you expect me to do? Yeah. I'm not. I'll tell you all the reasons why. And if you're still in that, if you still in that mindset, knock yourself out. I ain't knocking myself out, especially over a house I know is not going to sell at that price for a reduced commission. Yeah. I'd rather have my time than, than, and then spend it on, on a house that's not going to sell at this price because then I don't get any commission anyways. So boom, that's when I tell you what, when you ever hear a seller say, hey, I listed the house and I never saw my realtor again. I shouldn't say most of the time. Many, my first, my worst red, the first thing you should see is a red flag that's at, ah, that's probably because you're one of those sellers. Mm. Ah, that's interesting. Well, because we have a tendency, everybody loves a challenge. But at some point, your time in your life is more valuable than the challenge of making somebody else uh, work you. Yeah. Wow. That's I like a challenge too, but I don't like to be worked. Hey, I'll take your challenge, but you're mm. going to pay me because I'm the best. Yes. You know, being developing the, the skills and the wherewithal to, to notice these things at the very beginning is is what you well, want to strive to do right well, with us with the sellers you're talking yeah, about when you first talk yeah right yeah. oh yeah well when you're you sitting learn. at their when you're sitting at their kitchen table you know it's, well, watch their body language i was just That's gonna your say first indication yeah, of course which i'm sitting, yeah right if they're sitting like this mm -hmm. you got a problem sure if they're nodding and nodding and all excited and you yeah. know and we're talking about it you know yeah. but then when they ask here's the other thing when they ask what and what what you charge mm -hmm. boom we charge 6% and say nothing else that that moment of golden silence Yeah, and see how they respond. Mm. That's, that's, that's your, that's your clue. Do you, uh, would you say, would you recommend, or do you think it's beneficial at all for uh, brand new agents to, you know, work for less commission on these deals? Only if it's going to sell. Ah, Gotcha. It, not if it's too much money. Not if they're a pain in the ass seller that you do not like. Right. Yeah. If mm. it's going to sell and you like the seller. Yeah. 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 And then, but with that said, if we don't get a contract in by 60 days, I have to up my, I have to up it because now, you know, it's not working. Yeah. And it's, and there, you, and this is one of the typically things that if it's tell everybody, if, there's yeah. only one reason why a house doesn't sell only one. And you know well, what it is. It's price too no, high. That's correct. And anymore with, um, with the internet, they've got, they get 50,000 lookers in the first couple of weeks. That doesn't mean, you know, and if they look at the online, if they look in and, and there's ways you can see these things, if, there, if people are looking and choosing not to go through, it's because of the price. And so, and a couple of things. So if it's reached 60 days, correct me if I'm wrong, then obviously they're not uh, paying or listening to you about uh, 
what they should be doing, right? That's correct. Yeah. Well, you should know that and at 30. I was going to say way before 60, but the reason I asked that, it was a rhetorical question, uh, but um, you're saying at 60 days, I'm up in my price, right? I'm up right. in my commission. Right. Um, is that something that you do standard? Is that something that you uh, mention at the beginning? Well, what I do is just the opposite. I charge them more up front, mm. but say, if we close it within 60 days, I will charge you less. Gotcha. Cool. You know, I, going back to what I said to start this. So I'm, I'm an agent I'm at their kitchen table and I'm discussing them. I've, you know, I've come up with uh, the price for the property, what my uh, professional opinion, what I recommend this and that, and I'm going over my marketing and I'm saying, okay, this is, uh, you know, such and such price, but, and then I go through, Hey, listen, for seven to 10 days, we can take advantage of this market. Well, I will market you. it. And then if maybe if that potential buyer's out there and he's willing to pay that premium overpriced, then why not? Let's go after him. But if we don't catch him, you know, the whole spiel, if we don't get him, we bring the price well, that back whole down. Spiel is, that whole spiel lost its velocity uh, three months ago in the sense that our market has significantly changed. So um, first of all, before I forget, when you're on that first appointment, uh, first call to set the appointment, you have to say, uh, do you know what you want for your house? Mm -hmm. And you got to try to ask them what they think it's worth in whatever way is good for you. And, and it's best to do it off the cuff, um, kind of matter, nonchalantly, matter of factly, because they'll just say, well, our neighbor sold for this or our neighbor sold for that, or I think this, or I have to get this much. So um, usually that gives you a clue when you ask somebody, where do you see your house selling? How much mm. do you think your house is worth? Or mm. any of those you know, uh, variations of asking that question. That's an important question to ask so that you have a, a little understanding. Uh, that buyer waiting for a house like this to come on the market is no longer the case as of like three months ago. Because um, you know, because of, because of, uh, the media, because of people, because of the interest rates going up because of the people saying, oh, it's going to crash. It's going to crash. It's going to crash. Sellers are seller more like, you know, we had talked about it in the last meeting, more sellers are saying, crap, we better sell now if we want to get top dollar. Mm -hmm. So we have more sellers on the market because they, don't want to miss this opportunity because they think it's going to crash. Mm -hmm. Buyers are going to think buyers are thinking it's going to crash. So they're not making, they're not coming and making offers right away. Houses that look good are sitting on the market now with no, with, with nobody coming. So in the day where, Hey, your last house sold at this price range, let's just go a little bit more than that are over. The last house that sold three months ago is right here. Look at these houses. If you're looking at your hot sheets in the morning, you'll see how many price reductions every day. You'll see how much more, how many more houses are on the market than they used to, how many price reductions, how much longer until they're under contract. All that is tell is the, those di that dialogue that we had all last year and the first couple months of this year about pricing it higher because there's people waiting in the wings is no longer a valid argument. You're mm -hmm. going to shoot yourself in the foot. So right now the argument is that we're at a stalemate out there. 
buyers, buyers are, are, are waiting to see how long these houses are staying in the market before they start to come down in price. And then they start negotiating on it. So you have to be competitive for the get-go if you want that offer. There is no trying it up here. If you try, this is what happens. And, and, this, is a, and this is the traditional argument that I used to have with people. The last argument over the past year and a half or so, or the same argument that we had in 2005, 2006, and even maybe again when we started going up in 2014 is, I have no idea what your house is going to sell. Buyers are paying way more than I would ever think that they would buy in these houses. That argument no longer is valid. So the old argument is, is the fact that you put your house up too high, it's going to sit there. And once it sits there, it's going to get stale and the people are just going to keep lowballing you, lowballing you and lowballing you. And you tell me right now that you're not going to sell it for anything under here. And I'm going to tell you, unless you don't have to sell, that you will. Because 60 days, 90 days later, you're over it. You just want to close and you will come lower. And as a matter of fact, remember I told you I had a to have a brag book. I call it a brag book, but just have a, a book with stats and stuff that you need. I used to have, um, I mean, this, and I haven't in years because it's been changed. I could maybe find it again. I could probably find it again. I, I know some houses that I have told people that this is where it's going to sell. And they went with somebody else and listed it higher and ended up selling it less than I told them it was going to sell for like 90 days later. That's what happens. So that's the argument that we have to come with people right now. There is no testing the market. The buyers are not pulling the trigger unless they're not, unless it's a good price right now because they're afraid of over, 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 over buying mm -hmm. because they think it's going to bust. They, they, people think it's going to bust. I'm not going to spend that much for the house just in time for the bottom to fall out. They're all reminiscing of, you know, 2008, 9, 10, 11, and 12. And there, and, and which by the way, is not going to happen. So this is a prediction of mine um, because the interest rates are going up because um, you know, the, the inflation is so high and because there's fear of a recession, all these fears in the air are calling, causing a paralysis on the buyer side and desperation on the seller side. So because of those two situations, we will see the prices softening up, but not for long. After a few months, well, I would have to say the beginning of next year. I would have to say the rest of this year uh, in our area, because we always soften up. We, you know, January starts going up, up April, uh, January, February, March, April, May, June, and then start July, we start coming down on supply and demand. So the, the, Every year, the values start um, softening towards the end of the year. So once, we, once towards the end of the year happens and we're not seeing a big crash, people are going to say, hey, it ain't going to happen unless the economy does, which I don't think we are going to go in a, in a recession. I think, I think it will stabilize also. So start next year, we're going to have a, have a decent a uh, uh, normal market that we haven't seen in 20 years. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen a, a regular standard market since 2003. Mm. So, uh, um, 
Anyways, that's my prediction. But for you right now going in, that's your line for people. And the fact that, you know, buyers are frozen. They're not, do, they're not pulling the trigger right now because there's too many variables. There's too much dust. When the dust settles, um, which we don't want to tell them, don't sell now if you don't have to. If they want to and they have to, certainly we're going to let them. But, we're, but you can't tell them to price it high and see what happens because you're shooting everybody's foot. Because if they price it high, they're going to sell, sell it for less than if they were to sell it very competitively right now. Because the buyers are still there. They just won't pay it. They want it priced right, right now. So mm -hmm. if that house that's comparable to, to yours sold for 260000 put it under two hundred fifty. You didn't lose ten grand that you never had. Yeah. That's the that's the argument you have to make the sellers right now. Um, just uh, to satisfy my curiosity, um, and not that uh, it's it, you're pitching that type of situation, but how would you go around? Uh, what kind of wording or verbiage would you use if uh, say, hey, listen, if I sell it for you know this much, you know I'm gonna you know charge more. Like, um, um, if we were still in that, let's just use, if we were still in that right. scenario three months ago and I was doing exactly what so I was, like a, that's like a net listing. So yeah. I guess, but, and I the reason I asked Julius, I I've never used that pitch before. I've never so, said that before, but in our conversations, it's kind of crept up in my mind about, well, I think that, you know, now this is off the top of my head. Um, I think that once you come to a, um, a comfortable price range, then you'd say, I was thinking, I know how awesome my marketing is. And I know that I got top dollar for every single one of my houses that I have listing listed. So we agreed at this price in these terms right now. If I can get you more than that, if we tried, you know, for the first two weeks and no more than that, because I told you what I said, what I, I said about being stale on the market and you don't want to do that. But with my marketing, if I can get you that much, if I can make you another 10 grand, you give me another two or three out of it. So you're still set netting seven more. And then right. work those percentages out, you know, mm -hmm. based on that. I think maybe that kind of that kind of thing. And if you did uh, broker a deal like that uh, at the very beginning at the table, and you and, and now it, it's going to be in writing in the contract. Would you put on the contract? Would you put on an addendum? Would you put additional terms? Well, Where would you? What put I that? think I would do, I think that I would, especially in this market, and it's only for two weeks. Mm -hmm. I would put. What's going to happen after the two weeks, the price that everybody agreed upon on the listing, and then in the additional comments say, uh, we agree, by, uh, um, the sellers and uh, the agent agree to list it at this price for 14 days. And if we sell it at this price, then the commission will be X. Gotcha. 
And in the event it doesn't sell within these 14 days, it reverts back to the, to the contract that we uh, have already written. Right. So you're like making that. the exception of those first couple of weeks in the additional comments. Mm. But make, make, make a note that anytime you make any alteration, anytime you make any clause or contingencies or anything in any contract, you have to have a time frame and you have to have a what happens if it doesn't happen. Those are the biggest things. Gotcha. Time frame and what if it doesn't happen? Time frame and what if it doesn't happen? Got it. On the other, uh, on the other end of the, well, no, this could be both sides, buyer or seller, I, I suppose. Now I'm going to say two words, and I'm only saying them so you know what I'm talking about. I know that, uh, that uh, rebates and kickbacks, all right? Mm -hmm. Without, we're just saying that so you know what I'm talking about. Like, what are some creative ways? to offer a rebate or discounts in what's legal and what can we do? And have you used those in the past? Yeah, yeah. And do you recommend uh, agents to use that sometimes? And do well, they work? You're talking about with your buyers and sellers, you know, mm -hmm. you can give, you can give rebates to your buyers and sellers, nobody else. Right. Right. So you can get creative that way. And, um, and you, and, and what you can do, you know, um, while the deal is still going, if they, you know, uh, can refer something, and this is a gray area, I would, any lawyer will argue with me on this um, because of what I am, because of how I'm, how I'm, the words I'm using to do it. Meaning if you refer somebody, I'll give you a reduced commission on this transaction. Right. So you're kicking, you're rebating this transaction, but, mm -hmm. but the reason why you're doing it is, you know, you, you so anyway, um, um, yeah, well, what about, you know, uh, what I, about I, this? I tell you what? when I do that is when I'm close and just can't get there. What do you mean by that? You know, I got somebody there and it's just not, it's just not, you're not closing the deal on them. You mean? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So you, so you leave, it's like a card. You pull out that yeah. card. Yeah. You say, hey, listen. You so know, unless, see your... you know, unless you're marketing, you know, like on our postcards, because we had a thousand um, dollars credit towards your commission with our coupon. So we have that artwork and we've done that. Okay. So, how, how well did that work? Um, it, wor it worked well. You I know, bet. I mean, when we right? marketed out, I remember, I remember, um, you know, conditions apply because, um, you know, you can't negotiate commission and then get a thousand dollars off. So those conditions, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, probably the, the cost of the price of the property, right? Because if they're selling a $60,000 property, you don't want to give them a thousand, you know, well, that's is, one of them too. That's that one, one of the conditions. Too. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, but that was when, you know, the prices were lower, but that's right. not so much anymore. But, but, you know, the, um, uh, we don't even have the conditions written out, but mm. I have, it's right. I think it's still right on our website. I've had people call and, uh, mm. and say, you have that thousand dollars on your website. Can I use it? Sure. Is that advertised for, for sellers or for buyers? Sellers. sellers. For sellers. Uh, gotcha. Um, what about a situation where I just thought of this, uh, you're selling someone's house uh, or maybe uh, they want to sell their house and they're thinking about uh, buying the next house. I love this, yeah. you know, sell oh, yeah. that house and put them in yeah. your house and say, and just add on to it. Say, listen, tell you what, I sell your house. Also, I'll, I'll, I'll cut, uh, you know, I'll throw you a thousand dollars towards your closing on your next house. Right. I mean, by create, you can listen, do that. Absolutely. But don't do that unless you have to. 
People, we give it away way too easy. Gotcha. People have no idea how hard we work. Mm. And they think, oh my God, you got paid 10 grand. But, <laughs> oh, you know, man. you know. It's always after the, after the closing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know, they start questioning. But they don't, that's, we had that conversation before. I know. When you I have know. to tell everybody what's going on when you do it. Yeah. That, uh, I don't in, think that's. I don't think that's going away. I think that's just part of the business, right? No, but you have to say, oh my God, you wouldn't believe, you know? No, you that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, def defending that yeah. is just something you're going to have to do. You know, and <laughs> right. But you know, on the other side of that. And they don't if, know if there's an easy, If there's an easy sale right. and, and it's a, an ex expensive house and you put it together and they're going to be paying you $50,000. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's way too much money for, for, you know, if, if it's a quick and easy sale, you know, so yeah. will I walk away from it? No, but it's, it's hard for me to even accept that sometime. Yeah, I, I get that, you know, and uh, another thing I just thought about uh, too, if it's a situation, obviously, and uh, you know, this pertains to not just new agents, but agents, you know, uh, I've been in this for a few years. Uh, this is a relationship building uh, business yeah. as well. Right. So sometimes uh, if it's a if it's a potential customer that you see more work, plenty of work down the road, sometimes it might be beneficial. No, don't think you see plenty of work down the road. No. OK, you, you do. The, what do we know about the future? It's only an illusion. Yeah, that's for sure. Anything. Yeah. Anything. Their next door neighbor, their son might marry a realtor. Anything. Mm, yeah. It is only now nothing and if it happens down the line then you cut your commission yeah right your next transaction i'll do it for five percent yeah that's that's better right why oh, why cut yeah yeah why cut your the tip of your no, finger you know, off at the beginning no you know? right you know we always give it up too easy you, you know, know when you have to but you don't want to do it for the squeaky wheel either yeah. I was, I was i was horrible at that when i first started well you know uh and and I'm not telling you what you don't know. This is for anyone who's listening. This is sales, right? So it ain't just uh, the, the, the people skills and having discussions and sitting in someone's house and talk about these things. But I see that. I mean, I've talked to other agents already where they've asked me, like, how do you, you know, how do you talk about commission? You know, it's, it's a tough thing for people. When, they, when it gets to that point, well, they can talk about everything else. And then they, 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 they freeze up and like, uh, well, hey. It's as easy as I, you're hiring me to be a salesperson. Right. If I can't negotiate for myself, how am I going to negotiate for you? Exactly. You know what? You can pay somebody for, I can, this you have to keep in your, keep in your book right away. I'm going to give you a story. I'll tell you a story right now. It just happened. We just closed it yesterday. Um, she's not. You know, she's not even a friend of mine as much as, I mean, she's a friend of mine, but she was a neighbor across the street from my mom and dad. And uh, so she was just complaining that she lost all her money in the stocks and the rest of her, you know, retirement. And, and, and you know, quite frankly, um, you know, I, well, when she was doing this, I wasn't feeling really well and I didn't really want to be a part of it. So I, I, well, oh, and that's only part of it. Her son is a realtor, but on the other side of the state. So uh, he was, he can list it in the same MLS, right? 
So um, anyways, I said, I told her, I said, um, I said, well, I, you know, what, what do you charge? I said, I charge 6%. I said, but I tell you what, um, if, if I don't actively participate in your transaction, meaning I'm not going to show it, I'm not going to deal with the realtors, I'm not going to close it. This is a no brokerage relationship. I can put it in the MLS for 500 bucks for you. And uh, so I did that. And I told her where it was going to sell. I didn't do any, I said, I'm not doing any negotiation for you. I'm not, you know, when, and I told her what to expect on the, so we listed it at uh, 319 and she ended up selling it for 290. Mm-hmm. There's no way I would ever let it go for 290. I told her, I told her between 305 and 310 and she wanted to start high. And I said, why go down there right away? Why don't we drop it a little bit? This is the, this is like the first few days it was on the market. So what does that mean to you? That means if she would have paid me 3%, how much more money would I put into her pocket? Exactly. That's the story that you have to tell people about. Let me tell you a story about the commission. You pay me 3%, I will put another, you know. And that's, and again, it's it's the bottom line. Right. It's like, it's not about the commission that you're paying. It's how much are you getting for the house and what's going into your pocket? What are your net proceeds? So, and as a matter of fact, that's how you talk about it as well, because some people only know that percentage. And, um, and then, you know, I would say, so what are we talking about? What five, six, 5% to 6%. So what is that? Mm -hmm. $2,000. Let me tell you how much $2,000 is going to make you. And then I tell you, sometimes I get so, I get so, um, you know, uh, I argue this to the point so much about my value and my worth that I say to people, you're hiring a salesperson that I'm selling. What do you think I'm going to do for your house? You think I'm going to let you uh, just let them walk all over you. Let me tell you another story. All of these stories you use. Let me tell you another story. This just happened too. I had a buyer I'm not going to work with anymore. He's a, he was an old friend and he bought someplace sight unseen. I told him not to do it. I, I walked him through it, told him what all it was. He came down here, walked through the before, right before closing to close and he didn't buy it. Pissed me off so bad. I was embarrassed. And I, but I told him, I said, here, this is how we're going to try to get your earnest money deposit back. In the past, I told people pissed me off so bad. I said, no, you lost it, you know, sign it over. But because I've done probably, you know, five or six deals with this guy over the years, I said, here's how you get your money back. So, you know, I said, you, so I, I asked for it. I sent the release for it. And they said, no, we're not signing it, you know. And I tell them after a while, you know, we'll go and split it. So I could probably get you half of it back. Anyways, this realtor, who has been in the business for years and years and years was under the impression that she could not put that house back on the market until that deal was resolved. So she gave him back his earnest money deposit so she could put it back on the market, <laughs> which, is, which is totally. So, so the reason why I'm saying this story to you is because collect these stories. And if you don't remember them, put them in your book. And, and you tell people, this is why you're paying me. Don't pay this other Yahoo that, and then about the, and about the, what, how you, nego- how, 
Tell them how you negotiate those inspections and tell them the story and how much money you save people. And my story about the 300 to 290 is craziness because yeah. he wanted to do it without a realtor. Yeah. So don't get caught up on the one or 2%, which is a few grand. You get caught up on the big deals on what, how, how I can negotiate and how I have negotiated. And as a matter of fact, um, you should uh, hit your, as a matter of fact, did I talk to you about this? Um, uh, offering agents on the part of our brokerage to send your customer, the ones you select uh, a couple of questions and a, get a couple of statements from them so that you can use in your marketing about what did you like best about it? What needs improvement for you information, but only of course, on the ones that you want to, uh, to work with more. For instance, the ones that you said you're going to need to put it on, chances are you're going to need to put it on a new roof and then you've, you've made it close and they didn't have to spend a penny on it. Yeah. You know, that's 20 grand right there. Right. That's stuff that you need to get somebody to make a statement about what you did. Oh, I so see. So that you're when saying. you're negotiating your commission, say, hey, you know what? He's glad he paid me the full price because I saved him all this money. Right. And that's why they hire us. And that's what they get caught up on. You know, that's what they get caught up on a, a percentage. You know, so don't turn that percentage into 1%, 2%. That's what they think. Because everybody says, oh, well, I got it for 4%. Yeah, but look at what you sold your house for too. So you nickel it down to dollars and then show them the value. Mm, How much right. more money you're going to make for that house as compared to the, you know, the 2%, the 1%. Because they get caught up on that 1%. And believe it or not, you wouldn't know how many people don't understand the concept of bottom line. They don't understand that. Mm. They think the sale price is what they're getting. Yeah. I even, um, I like to bring a big, like a big calculator with me at the table. And if I'm, if I get to that point, I'm showing them what some of the, the bottom line means. I'll put that number on the calculator and I'll just leave the calculator sitting there and keep talking to them with that number. Oh, like how much more idea. I can make you. That's okay. It isn't about idea. your commission. Like yeah. I want them to really see that. Right. But of course that's still something I'm kind of working on too. Right. You know, yeah. You well, know, right. And you, and you do that. It's situational. Right. But I agree obviously hundred percent with what you're saying. Right. It's some people, like you said, they just, they're focused on this commission part and it's not about that. You well, know? you know, the it other is, way you can work but... around that then is say you want, you want uh, 5%. How about, We'll do 5%. And if I give you, get this amount of money in this period of time, you give me a bonus of two grand. <laughs> that's so that's another creative way, uh, which I was, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. And you would do something similar give them to what that. what they want, but you just take it from the other hand. That's right. what builders do, right? They, mm -hmm. are, they, they say, this is what it's going to cost, but everything that they do, they make profits on. Yeah. Um, this is going to, this is weird. I'm going to have to, uh, contact zoom and pay them some money or something. It's going to cut off on us again in a few minutes when it does sign back in and okay. we'll finish our discussion. And then, okay. uh, I'll go to my appointment. Um, but just, it's going to cut off on us here in okay. a few minutes. So just sign. I, right see, back I in. see that too. Do, does it, you see that on your screen yeah. as well? Mm -hmm. It's you see where it says upgrade also. No, 
Oh, okay. That's my side. That's, I don't know what they're telling me to upgrade, but whatever. That's what I heard about. That's what I heard about the Zoom. I mean, that's oh. what everybody does, right? I mean, they, they lure you in and then they. Well, I think when I set this meeting up today, I did it fast and I, I, I oh. felt like I pushed something wrong. Oh, okay. So I feel like I did something wrong today. Okay. Right. Um, but even if I got to pay something, I'll pay it. I don't care. I'm, yeah, I don't I mind paying services. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just, it depends. Know. I, I, I don't, I have a problem with how they capture you. You know, I mean, I, I like to the truth quick instead of these uh, games. Right. Uh, yeah. I got you. Um, if it's, a, it, but if it's a, if it's a service that I use and I like it, I rather, hey, they are in business too. I'll pay right. you a fi- whatever, a monthly fee. Hey man, just don't throw me any ads, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was telling my grandson about the, uh, about, you know, how TV was once free, but you had maybe 10 channels. And then, you know, in the early eighties, here comes cable with no commercials. And uh, they went, you know, they, you could swear and do all this stuff on cable because it wasn't public. You had to pay for it. And then now all cable is all commercials again. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Remember in the day, there was no commercials nonstop 24 seven, no commercials. We yeah. pay for that all day long. Remember there, I remember it was, uh, I don't even think it was 10 channels, to be honest. There was like three main ones and a couple new ones, like UV 44 here in Florida and then CW. And then we had yeah. NBC, CBS and ABC yeah. and maybe some weird one that yeah. came in sometimes. Some and UHS. then yeah. we had HBO. That was the cable channel, oh, right? Oh, really? Remember that? Oh. You don't well, remember that? Our cable, well, that was one of the cable, but, well, I mean, but I mean, you were too young. You didn't buy it at that age because you were just a kid. So, um, you know, buying the package, you bought, you bought way more channels than that, but that uh, HBO was a premium channel. You had to pay extra for, but you had to get some cable. Right. But, 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 but what I'm saying is, is, and I could be wrong, but, um, before the other ones came along before Cinemax, before oh. Showtime, it was just HBO. Like oh. they were the first premium, but only, was, only oh, well, that's not what, that's certainly channel. not what I remember. No, no. Okay. That was a oh. premium. There hasn't been a first, right? Well, there was, um, I thought they were it. Um, not, you, you could be right, but that's not what I remember. Yeah. I re- I remember, I remember getting, I remember how easy it was to, cause I don't even think we had, I don't even think we, we were, we didn't pay for a premium channel. Yeah. I, we didn't even have HBO. I don't think, I think we just had some, um, you mean I, in your household? You didn't yeah. have it. The yeah, one, we, I was the I was the parent of that household, so I'm going oh, to pay for yeah, it. Right. So we were the first. I was the you know the first yeah. generation to have have that and pay yeah. for it, and you know freaking out that they were swearing and and had and there were sexual things there. And yeah. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. We, and I, I had was, little kids. I'm going. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. We never had that. We were. Uh, I, I grew up very very poor, but. We did know how to very stealing cable back in the day was very easily, easily done. And at that point, literally, you could go out to the box, open the box up, and there was a you just hook the cable, you hook, you literally just plugged it in. 
yeah. and your house had it. Yeah, so. right. That's right. That is right. And then we learned they used to sell this little gadget that used to be able to steal the premium channels. On you, I was going to say, remember that period, like right at the end of uh, uh, before the yeah. World Trade Center's come down, right at 2000. And you always knew someone that, that gave you the card and you'd put the card in the receiver and you got all the channels. Yeah. And you just paid them like a hundred bucks. Here you go. Get all the channels for as long as you want. Yeah, I don't and um, that, that went on yeah, for a while. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing cable. Um, let's do this now. I'm going to log out and log because okay. it's about to shut off on us. All righty. Cool. So this is that perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you about you know, the, the realtor news and you had uh, started this conversation off talking about that with the article about not advertising our services as being free. And I pulled up a story today is about mobile homes. And then when I hit the link and I went to the story, there's a story about mobile homes in Buffalo, New York. And <laughs> the reason I bring this up is one I wish the Florida Realtor Association would send me Florida Realty News instead of all, you know, most of the time it's nationwide news. So let me turn that into a question. So, uh, cause we had talked before and I think we were talking about something and I had a bunch of numbers for nationwide and uh, I need to be focusing obviously on hyper-focusing on our area where I'm working. Right. Yeah. But with that being said, is all that other stuff important too? you know, paying attention to what's going on in the nation and all these little stories about mobile homes in Buffalo, New York. And yeah. you, see, you kind of get what I'm say saying. Yeah. Like uh, The only reason why I think so is because when people don't zoom in on just Florida and they read these, uh, national news stories, they think it is like that everywhere. Right. And you have to know well, what they're talking about, but then mm. compare it to, well, it's this way here because of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those stories, it's like California and these markets that are just way different, right. but at the same time, it's national news. But I think uh, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago and I'm just like, man, I don't, uh, there's so much with anything, right? Real estate is very localized, very right. localized. Right. Um, so, uh, and you want to obviously be as much as the local expert or the That's expert right. in your area as possible. Right. right. Sure. Um, but knowledgeable so, anyways, right. But, I mean, right. And so, much, to, so much so actually, um, let me ask you this. So, you know, uh, again, from a perspective of new agents just breaking into this business, um, you know, how, when is it too soon to start like actively and aggressively uh, creating marketing campaigns and, and, you know, towards whatever niche that you've found yourself getting into, like, and you're still, you know, you're still building your experience. You're building your reputation, right? So that's, that's interesting that you you say that um, finding the niche that you fall into because people, I see this happen a lot over the years is that people think that they're going to get into this aspect or that aspect, but they end up, they end up falling into a niche because they get one deal and then another deal because of that and another. And before you know it, they're the king or queen of this niche. 
So, you know, it also falls into the category of fake it till you make it in the sense that don't ever put off. You know, we talked about this before. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you don't have to know the answers to everything, but you have to know where to get the answers. And sometimes people, you know, people respect you more when you don't know the answers and you say, oh, gee, I don't know that, but I sure should. I'll find that out and get back to you right away. They, 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 you know, they know that you're not a bullshit king because, mm. uh, because, you know, how many people do, you know, think they know or pretend they know or say something just to act like they know and they really don't. Mm. So, you know, I, I, nobody knows everything. Um, you learn something new every day. So how do you That's go about sure. it? So, you know, first of all, I always say farming is the best, best way to start geographic farming, period. And then if you get into a niche, then that's secondary until it comes primary. But, and then, you know, the data is everywhere. So mm. you just wake up in the morning and see what, and, and, and I say this, I just like I tell a brand new student, you know, you'll come in and you'll come into class and you have no idea what it is you don't know. And then very quickly, you'll have a great understanding of what it is you don't know. But then you start turning over the pieces and turning over the pieces. And pretty soon you say, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. And before you know it, you have the answers to most general questions all the time. So, um, so part of learning the market is by, you know, waking up every morning and looking at that hot list. What new, it won't really make sense to you at first. What does it matter that this house is over in Wesley Chapel, you know, five in Wesley Chapel and two in Newport Ritchie, but you know, only one. And, you know, but the thing of it is, you're just turning over a piece. And every day you're just turning over another piece. And pretty soon all those pieces start adding up to, to some knowledge for you. Mm-hmm. So when you start saying, holy cow, look at this house at this price. I know this house at this price. I showed it. Look at it. Just reduced it and reduced it again. This one's back on the market. I wonder why that one went back on the market. Look, it went back on the market and reduced it way down. So, and this, look at this house just went in the same house. We just saw a house list in that neighborhood yesterday, the same square footage. And it was this, this much money. And now this one is this, all of this stuff starts adding up in your head. You don't even realize it. You don't have to really think about it until you, and it just starts making sense to you when you look at every day. So that's, that's what, and then uh, it's funny because I was talking to Teresa and that's what she, she had mentioned. She said, you wouldn't believe all the price reductions. So, um, yeah, all those are indicators. A new agents or new, yeah, yeah, new real estate agents, uh, in your, uh, opinion, what is a good expectation for their first year in real estate? What should Uh, they be expecting to do to accomplish? I, I, here's, here's, well, okay. Or even the first um, couple years, if you want to do that. So this is what else I say to my agents. Um, and But there's no typical, there's no average. You have to understand that. People have different hunger. People have different drives. People have different motivations. People have different um, 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 talents or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, skills. So there isn't any any 
normal. But I will say this, you have to reach for the stars if you want to get anywhere. So if you say, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do one month, one deal a month, screw that. You want to try to get five deals a month so that you'll get two or three to start with. So, and then what we used to have to do, uh, which what I did do, I didn't like to do it is the sense that you boil down um, the averages. How many calls do you have to make to, to get a listing? How many listings do you have to have to close one? And then you back that all up to, to do the, that kind of strategy. Uh, and that you look at that and it's, it's, it's daunting. Hmm. So I, I don't like to do it that way. Um, but um, what, you do, what I do believe and tell people is that you should have your first transaction in your first 30 days. And if you do, and you have that first transaction, that's, that's a tell sign that you're going to, you're, that you're going to do well. If I see an agent, uh, not do a deal in the first 30 days or have a deal off or two deals off his first two deals, I know that they're not going to be in the business because that's, that's, what's going to be on their head mm. all, the, all the time. So, but then the other thing I also know is that, um, the first two, I tell people you're opening a business. The first two years of any business are the most difficult. Most businesses close in the first two years. So mm. this is no difference. Mm -hmm. So you have to plan for those first two years. Right. But the third year on, you're not working as hard anymore because now you're starting to get repeat and referral business. And that's what it's all about. So then, you know, year five or six, then you're, you're not doing the hard work as you used to do anymore. You're hitting on the people you already know and you're proven to, and then they refer business to you. So at the very beginning, it's harder and it's harder than it ever will be. So at anything, uh, really anything right. in life, <laughs> right? So you have to, you have to be very self-disciplined and, um, uh, and wake up in the morning and put and 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 that's Discipline. why I tell you to do start with your farming right away. You know, uh, yeah. And do you agree that all you uh, you know all the money that you make you should be putting right back into your business um, as much as you can. You got to have a budget for that. You got to be putting yeah, money back into well, your business. And you know, it goes uh, like like you just mentioned farming, right? Yeah. And so let's just segue to that. So how, how often should uh, uh, an agent be farming, be sending out a piece of mail? Uh, once a month. Once a month. Minimum. Yeah. Gotcha. And the problem with that, and this is what, um, you know, these past few years, we were, we, this, these past few years since 2020, and this is our mid, already mid 2022. So, you know, two and a half years now, you know, we were doing it at the end of every year. Well, maybe we should start this too. At the end of every, every year, um, we would have our farming clubs meet and pound out every single month of the, of the following year. Well, um, what I have found out is that you have a general piece and you get 12 months worth of one general piece, that mm. postcard, every door direct mail, and just have it go out just regularly. So, um, and, uh, you know, Kelly does that in the office. She measures them and takes them and all that. She just asks for your credit card to pay the thing and she will package it and take it to the post office and stuff. So those went out on schedule. And then, um, then you do your, uh, and that's, you know, that's minimum, minimum. And then you do your pieces 
Um, you know, um, every couple of months after that, you put your, you know, flags down on Memorial weekend or on, on the veterans, you know, weekend or whatever, but you do, you, you subsidize that you fill in the other parts. But the thing that I also know is that if you don't predetermine and have it, your agenda, what you're going to do and your marketing, your farming at the beginning of the year, you never do it. You just don't do it because one month turns into the next month, turns into the next month and you get busy and you just don't do it. So that's why at the end of, and that's the, also the reason you start the the end of the year is when it stops, you know, I mean, so, you know, starting in November, December, you know, I shouldn't, it stops for me because I choose it to, I I, I like taking those months off, but when, when I had to work it, it was, I was busy as can be. So, but I also know that on the slower months, that's when you take a breath to um, do your business plan for the following year and all that it entails. So you don't wake up winging, what am I supposed to do today? You have it all figured out as your own business plan. So, um, and that's vitally, vitally important. You know, that's, you know, you have to have a roadmap to know where you're going, right? You have to have, so, um, you know, I think, I think a tr- at least a transaction a month, uh, basic minimum when you get started in this business, if you're going to, but, but you can't shoot for one because you, who gets hundred percent of their goals? If you get hundred percent of the goals and you're shooting way, way, way too low. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Shoot for five. That way you'll get two. Right. But what happens, the other thing happens when you first get started is that you're learning how to do contract to close. So while you're closing transactions and dealing with your customers and all that entails and the other realtors, you're not prospecting. You're not putting, you're not filling your pipeline. So then you get, so then you get your deals closed and then you have nothing. And that's a, that is a disaster. Yeah. What do you, uh, how do you feel or uh, how do I put this? You know, if you're if if you talking to a, a prospect on the phone, they reach out to you, whatever, through a piece of marketing, or they were referred, or whatever, and you speak to them, and they got this property, and says, "Okay, I'm gonna do some uh, research. I'll run some numbers. I'll get back with you, you know." And then uh, you get well, back to them. Right there. And so, I would not do it that way. The first thing I would do is not tell them you're gonna run some numbers yet. Um, Um, you find out all you can from them. You make them talk. You keep them talking. You ask them all kinds of questions on the property. And then you say, well, you've already done this in my scenario. You've already done that. This is the end of the phone call. I thought you meant the first first conversation. No, I was getting to a question. Okay. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Um, So you've already had that phone. You're at the end of the conversation. You've gotten all the information. You right. book the next appointment before you say goodbye. Always. That's what you're doing. But the, the question is, <laughs> and thank you for reminding anyone that's listening and me as well. Always book your next appointment, right? Don't, yeah. Do but, not call to book your next appointment. But so that next appointment, the question is, okay, uh, you kind of get ghosted. You reach out to them, you leave them a message, leave them a message, and then you don't hear back from them, right? How well, much reason- How much time do you invest in and, and so call reaching out that. to them. And then when they call you back, cause you have a feeling, uh, you know, they call you back at, at, like later down the road, a week later, uh, and they go These to voicemail. Very, 
These are very, very, very excellent questions. So I let think me so. Yeah. So here's the thing. When people first start thinking about moving, they're not ready. They're just thinking about it. So your motivation and their motivation is quite different. So, um, and also uh, they have to be ready, willing, and able. So if you have to book that appointment, if you don't, if you cannot get that next appointment, it already tells you don't do too much work. Hmm. So only do too much work if you have that appointment. And then, um, and then I don't even prepare for that appointment until 24 hours before. I don't do anything. I can find that appointment before I do anything. Right. Okay. So, you know, half the time they cancel because it's not their priority. Life, life comes in. So you don't, what I also learned to do is never say, call me always say, sorry, I missed you. Um, uh, but since you most likely will end up leaving a message, if you call me, I'll just try back. I'll just try back. So, um, and then just keep trying because if you tell them to call you back and they don't, at what point do you call them? Back? It's that keep trying part that I'm wrestling with. And I'm sure there's other people out there wrestle with. It's almost like, hey, listen, I got other stuff going on. Don't waste my time. I'm not going to call you back a hundred times. So right. that's what I'm trying to ask you. What do you well, feel about that? I think that you know? because they're not ready and they're not ready. Um, and I like the term pleasantly persistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so put them on your, put them on your callback list, you know? every once every three days first once then once a week and then you know once every couple weeks and just say hi me i'm just being pleasantly persistent give me a call back when you're ready yeah or i'll keep trying what about the what about just waiting for the what about just waiting for them to call you back uh, you 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 have been successful on that i don't do it that way because you know somebody they might hook up with somebody else and all that yeah Um, so I don't, but I also, I also tell them that I tell them I'm just being pleasantly persistent. I like and that. I like that. So, so, uh, so it's, you know, uh, call me when you're ready or I'll call or I'll try back. And, yeah. um, and sometimes, you know, you have your email or you text them. And so they don't have to answer the phone, just text them mm-hmm. periodically. So, uh, um, or sometimes if there's news, there's just wanted to let you know, there was a neighborhood, there's a, a seller in your neighborhood or, you know, whatever, just, um, but, but the, but the thing uh, in sales is they buy or die. So, you know, you don't, they buy, they buy or die. So you don't give up until they're dead or they buy. So that's it. They're always there. And that's your database, your gold mine database. So, and you know, everybody does it and everybody does it electronically. Now I still like my books because, uh, because I put those names down and I put, I put them on my list of things to do and, and, you know, and they, and every, and sometimes I don't get to it and I put it off and sometimes, and you know what, sometimes I, I look back and I say, oh crap, I haven't talked to this person in three months. I'll give them a call in three months. Say it's been three months since I called you last, mm. you know, and, and a lot of times that's when they're ready. Because at the very beginning, when they just want to see how much their house is worth, they're not ready to put it on the market. And you have to understand, too, that they might think that you think that. So sure. you have to, if they're not calling back, say, you know, and, 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 and so a lot of times in sales, you have to counter objections that you know exist. 
even what, though they don't voice them. So you if, say, you know, I know you're just, you're, I know you just wanted to have a, a price range. I know you're probably not ready yet. Most people, when they think about moving, aren't quite ready yet. So don't worry. If I come over and talk to you. I won't even bring any paperwork. So you don't have to worry about me hard pressuring you. So, and, you know, and, and things like that, because they're, because what, they're afraid of that. Right. Fear, right? What about this? Uh, what about a situation where you know they're not ready? They're 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 renovating the house, and they're 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 asking for your advice and 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 what to list it for, and this and that. And they have a uh, you know they'll finish renovating it in like a month and a half. They're like on a well, six week timeline, and they're asking you all this stuff now. Well, to the truth, quick, I hate it when people ask me that because it <laughs> depends on your renovations. It depends yeah. on if you're low end, top end. It depends on when you're done. The market changes that fast, so yeah, I can't answer that now. You want me to give you an answer? My answer is going to be a $20,000 price range. Is that good enough? Because that's, that's I, honest for you. Tell me what you think. And I, 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 exactly, you know, obviously what you just said, but uh, what do you, what do you think about this? I says, Hey, listen, um, if your renovations were done today and we listed it today, this is what I would do. This is, this would be my, my recommendation. But again, what's the point of that? You know, no, it's you're not, you're, it's, just, you're not ready to list it yet. No. So it's a waste of time. Right? No. And you know what, whatever you say, you're going to end up being the bad guy, whatever right. price range I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be the bad guy. Cause I'm going to change my mind when you ask me again, up yeah. or down. And I haven't seen your renovations. I haven't seen what, what tile you have or, or, or the workmanship or, or you the workmanship know? is important. That's, right? that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And you can't just say that. You always end up shooting yourself in the foot. You don't want to offend people, right? Oh, oh well, on the on the other end too. I see what well, you're I saying. I, I mistake it. No, but you're, uh, yeah, uh, you shoot yourself in the foot on the numbers, but also you know the type of renovations. Like everyone thinks, uh, you know, oh, it's great, looks great. Well, when you say, it might not when look you great. tell them, <laughs> when you tell them, are you going to the bottom or the top end? They know what they're doing. They know they're not putting that top end in. Yeah. So you can't give them the top end. So that's when you come back, you say, uh, the, so this, uh, what kind Spe of, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. Especially end. if it's a, if it's a situation where you're dealing with a, with a customer who, uh, this is an, their like their first investment property, yeah. right. Or they're just getting into investing. Right. So, you know, that they're trying to save as much money as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, I tell you that that hurts. I mean, when you have to tell them, when you have to tell them. Yeah, I got a guy now and I know how much he paid for the property. I know how much he's put into it. And I now know what he can sell it for. He's not going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, you'll put a little change in your pocket. Well, I want to, you know what? I remember when the, I, I'll remember this. It was, they were for sale by owner. It was back in 2006. And, uh, um, you know, these houses now probably go for a hundred thousand dollars more than the hot, highest price range there. They wanted at this little house, they want 156,000. And I already knew that the, the lights had been turned off. Just like I know now there's no difference. I, I, we know it, but the public doesn't know it. I mean, it's a little different now because the public now has this fear thing because of history. But in that day, nobody knew it at that point in time. Um, 
So I went and I knew it. And I told them, you guys, and I told them that the, I, I remember it was a student of mine. I talked them out of buying a house because I said, don't do it. <laughs> and, and I wasn't wrong. Uh, but these people, I talked them into, uh, uh, they paid 120 for it. They wanted to sell it for 155. And what they did was paint it or whatever. And I said, you got to get out of here fast. And, um, and, and they didn't, they listened to me. I was shocked that they listened to me, but they listened to me and we sold it. Um, they broke barely broke even on it. And I was telling them, I don't think you're going to break even. I was shocked that I don't know if I would have listened to me if I was done, but I was convincing enough because I, I get pretty passionate. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and that, and then the market bottomed and that person that, and I sold it to that person, that person that bought it, um, lost it in foreclosure. I felt so bad mm. and, and it was a, a short sale. And, but, uh, um, it, it's hard to tell people that, but you know, uh, you don't want to be, you, you gotta, you know what, to the truth quick. And again, you do not want to list something and be the bad guy. You'd better walk away from it than list something and be the bad guy. It's going to take too much of your time. You're not going to make any money and you're going to end up being the bad guy. That's not a situation you want. Yeah. So you know what? This is, this is what I can do for you. If you think you want more, you know, I I can't get you more. Try somebody else and then pick it up when it expires. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that before and they sold it for more than I said, which made me feel like horrible, but happens. It happens too. But yeah. I've done that before. I said, I can't do it. I can't. Yeah. And I walked away from it and the next person listed it and got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, fear goes both ways, right? Fear of uh, that. You're going to uh, scare them off because you're charging too much or, or fear that you take, a problem property that you shouldn't have taken at the big yeah. to begin with, because you just, you want to have a deal, right? It yeah. goes both ways. That's you can't what, do that. That's, I remember when I was uh, new, when the season agents told me there'll be some point that you know that you're not going to do that. Yeah. And I remember clearly, I would much rather walk away from a deal than deal with a house that I know that I can't sell or a seller that I don't like. I much rather have my time your time and a seller, a seller that I don't like is worse than a house that I don't, I, that I don't want to sell. If I don't like the seller, man, I, I much life is way too short to deal with those people or I'll list it and never call them back and yeah. see, you know, I mean, I, I, and you know, that's, that's sometimes too. If the house is awesome, they just want too much. Who knows? I'll list it, but I got one right now that I'm, I think I ain't going to sell. No, no chance. And then he tells me flat out, well, if it ain't going to sell, we ain't going to, it's not going to sell for this. We're not going to sell it. I'll just keep it. So why am I going to bother? Right. You know, ready, willing, and able. That's not willing. Yeah. So I said, uh, we'll, we'll give it a chance. We'll put it on the market and give it a chance. I wonder how long it's been actually. I better go check that out. Oh, that property. (laughs) Maybe it's expired. I can take my sign down. Yeah. Um, Well, we only got about 10 minutes and then I got to go to my rescheduled appointment. Um, Since we talked about uh, uh, um, personal stuff before we started, uh, there's a couple, a few things here I want. It's it's all grouped into one, Mm -hmm. um, but we'll catch up on that. Uh, 
um, another time. I don't know if uh, you have time later today, tomorrow or something to pick this up. Um, I'm actually, uh, let's see. Not tomorrow. I have a lunch. Maybe Thursday morning. Okay. Thursday morning. Yeah. F f uh, tomorrow I don't. Friday I don't. And Thursday I only have a lunch appointment at one. Okay. So like Thursday at? 10. 10? All right. I should have said it because we would have said it at the same time. Then I wouldn't oh. be able to say jinx. <laughs> uh, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, well, that, that one, right? Um, when we were kids, did you say that when you were kids? Jinx? No, you owe me a Coke. No, no, but I've oh, heard that one. Jinx. I can't oh, okay. remember what we said. Uh, we said jinx, uh, and it was probably a yeah. dirty word or something. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but I do remember jinx. <laughs> Um, let me ask you real quick. So, cause we talked about, um, the first couple years, the first year agents expectations, something like this, say if an agent gets in, uh, starts doing some deals, building their business. And then for some reason, um, they have to take a few months off for a life situation. They have to like, they have to shut it down. They know they're coming back, but they just have to take a sabbatical for a few months. Um, how detrimental is that? And do they have to come back and start all over? Uh, no, no, no. People don't know they disappeared like that at all. No. Nah. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years might might make a might make a difference, but a couple months, nah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, um, you're stopping your people. Don't really. You probably get calls on your marketing, though. I mean, yeah. I tell you what. A. Uh, farm a farm area geographic farm area mm -hmm. really starts taking off after like year two and uh well once you get your first listing in your farm and you and you do it right then it, it could take off a lot sooner than that but once you start making it happen in your geographic area they'll call you even when you're not there yeah. So, you know, you just forward your phone calls and have somebody take it over until you get back. Okay. That's interesting. You just have you said somebody, forwarding, somebody forwarding your phone calls. Yeah. yeah. Cause we had talked about, I had mentioned to you about the possibility of, of purchasing a, a number with, you know, the vanity number with the back. And yeah. part of that is you're changing your phone number. <laughs> yeah. So you have to, you know, there's yeah. a lot to that. You got marketing yeah. out there already. Yeah. Um, but you also made me think of something real quick too. Um, is this, is it common? Do you think it's, it's normal that you, that agents will get uh, deals uh, outside of their farm before they start actually getting listings in their farm? Oh, absolutely. That happens all the time. It's probably the norm, huh? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that farm, man, that's, uh, that's discipline. That's persistence. You have to work yeah, on it. Like you said, right. two years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't just yeah. expect to put out one, one postcard. And, and it, I mean, you know, that's why no. that's another thing. People, too. Do, people do that. I put out 700 cards and nobody called me. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
And? You know, yeah. And, and that's uh, another thing with anything to fail forward, just get it done. Right. Like don't right. Uh, nitpick on those, no. uh, on what you're sending out, just send they're, it out. Send that's it right. Out. They're not reading they're it all, anyways. No, they just, in the trash. they just want to see the same card, the same face, the same name. That's what they want to see. Yeah. And, you know, if you send out quarterly, what's happening in your neighborhood, they like that too. Yeah. So I read um, something where they did a test. And now, of, uh, of course, uh, this was this is some uh, third party system trying to take agents money to use their services. But the article that I read was interesting where they did um, a eight week, eight postcard campaign. Um, but before they did that, they went out to the communities and they just uh, walked through this specific area that they targeted out as a uh, pretend farm. Right. And they surveyed the residents and asked them who's the number one real estate agent in the area. And so they didn't get any consistency. Obviously they just did that. Then they did an eight week, eight, a postcard a week campaign with a fictitious, fictitious agent, same picture, different postcards, one a week for eight weeks. And then they sent people out and they did another survey. That agent was the number one agent in that farm. Right. I'm, just because that's they, exactly. I know that. Right. And yeah. I wanted to, you know, and as it, before I got my, before I got my real estate license, I mean, I was, I was renting a house at the time. I was like 22, 23 years old. And um, I looked, I remember seeing, I remember looking at who was selling real estate around here. I was thinking about getting into real estate because you know, I mean, I wanted to buy a house and nobody could, but I remember that specifically. And, and not only that, that's basic uh, real estate 101. That is the basic in real, real estate, basic, 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 basic 101 is farm area right away. And you are going to be, you might not know crap, but they know you are the one to call. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I'm so sure that's you... how, that's how important it is. So if anybody was going to do anything, invest any money in anything, oh, and there's all kinds of things to invest your money in. Oh, it's shiny farming. object is all over the place. And they all, and this is the big one these days is they all start off with, you know, are you still sending postcards? Are you still farming? That's dead. No, but that's no, what they're, not. they're just taking people's money because that's people right. don't want to put in the work. No, no. It's and you just... know what? If you get the same, you know, uh, even if you get the same generic postcard and send it out once a month and quarterly, just do your your uh, real estate update once a quarter and in a in a you know first class or a bulk rate or you know your stamps or whatever, then uh, that's all you you would you wouldn't believe how many calls that you'd get from that. But the thing that these guys said that they did is what we do anyways, um, when you're checking out your farm to see if there's any one company or one, any one agent that has it wrapped up. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's easy to find out. Um, because Very then they, easy. then they know yeah, that's correct, but yeah. usually that's not the case, especially, and this is the other thing. Um, you know, when I got started, I didn't get the biggest, best neighborhood. Everybody was marketing that I get a, I get a, you know, below average price range because I knew nobody was doing it because they wanted big money and I flipped them, flip. I'm in offices in holiday. That's the lower than average price range of anywhere. And it's a freaking gold mine because of the turnover. And they're yeah. easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. They're not like, they're not like, you know, I mean, everybody wants that million dollar house that everybody's getting, but I can sell, I can sell five 
of these, 10 of these to every $1 million one that you have. It's interesting that you say that because if I remember correctly, you even say that you, uh, for various reasons, chose the wrong farm area when you first started. Yeah, I did. Because you liked it versus what right. was. And that leads into what we're going to talk about, actually, uh, Thursday morning. Uh, all this leads right into what I wanted to talk about today, which we missed anyway, okay, which is yeah. perfect. But um, that being said, um, if you discover you know, very quickly or for, you know, uh, you know, you started off farming right away, you did what you're supposed to be doing. And through the course of building some knowledge, you realize, oh, crap, what I need you, to, I need you, to change my farm area or I need to update it or something like that. Not necessarily, but just okay. in general, yeah. what if that yeah. happens? Yeah. Cut just your losses, right? Cut your losses and, and, yeah. and start over and, and pick a new one. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, mine's an uh, interesting situation, uh, which we can actually talk about if we want to get into specifics of my farm uh, okay. on our conversation, because it all kind of ties together. Oh, on Thursday? Yeah, sure. Okay. I got to, yeah, I got to hop off here. I'm going to okay. take a quick shower and go to my appointment. Okay. Um, it's, it's kind of a, it's personal uh, related. It's not business. It's personal. Um, it's something else I wanted to talk to you about, though, obviously uh, not on a recording, but uh, maybe we can, t maybe I can call you uh, tomorrow yeah. or, or you, we can talk Thursday. Or call me when you get back. I think, uh, I think the rest of today I had a, yeah, I, I think I'm down for the rest of today. I got, I got some uh, paperwork and stuff that I got to do and some phone calls. So let me know when you come back. It won't be long. I'm going to go hit this appointment and then come okay. back and stop by the grocery store and that's it. So I'll call you like in an hour okay. and a half or so. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Have a wonderful day. Talk to you in a little bit. Bye. Bye.